Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. So here's the thing, right? When we think of God's word, and especially in the context of foundation, here's where we need to begin to think about what did Jesus say about his word? We've got to begin our thinking there because if we're thinking about the word of God, then we have to think about what did Jesus say even about the word that he would speak to us. And it's a good place to begin. What did Jesus say about the word? And you'll find it in the book of John. Hey, I'd encourage you to take notes tonight because I'm just going to throw some things out there. Book of John chapter 6 and verse 63 Jesus says that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Meaning this, the words of Christ, the words of God to every single one of us, it's not just a voice in the air. It's not just words that, that, that kind of like land on in the air or even ink on paper. That They are the very essence of of the life of God, of the truth that lives and abides in God, that then becomes transferred into your life and my life, that transference happens through the Word. Every truth, every bit of the content of God's personhood is literally transferred into your personhood and my personhood through His Word. That's no small thing when you think about it. You see, when you even check out kind of like former church age, whenever the church went into darkness, you will find that there was an absence of the word. There was an absence of the authority of the word. Take it to the individual level, it's exactly the same. A believer that starts to kind of like become either lukewarm, backslidden, worldly, etc., etc., I guarantee you there is an absence of the word of God. The reverse is true. Wherever there has been a worldwide revival, whenever a church of Jesus Christ has been on fire, whenever a person has been so spirit-filled, you will find that there was a robust revival attached. So here's the thing, Psalm 119 verse 130, the entrance of your word gives light. Whenever the word of God enters a heart, whenever the word of God enters a mind, whenever the word of God enters a community, whenever the word of God enters into a church, whenever the word of God enters into a city, that which was once dark lights up. Young people, that's what it is to be lit. To be word-filled. All right, if you'd open up with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. Book of Matthew, chapter 7. And we're going to start reading from verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus talking right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, three chapters, the greatest sermon ever preached by the voice of God, by the voice of the Messiah himself. He concludes it. He lands the entire sermon by saying, Therefore, everything you have ever heard, everything you have ever heard from me, 
when I will liken that to a wise man who has built his house on the rock and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Notice, there's a wise man and there's a foolish man. One has built on the rock, the other, the foolish man, built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now, I just want to bring our attention to this. Both of those men in this parable that Jesus spoke, both of them had a very similar dream. Both of them had very similar longings. Both of them had very similar desires. Both of them wanted a life of significance. Both of them wanted a structure in life that, that, that would stand the test of time, that would be meaningful and purposeful. Would you say that every single person right here in this room is after the same thing? But Jesus said that there is only two ways to build that life. You will either build it as a wise man or you will build it as a fool. And it has nothing to do with the structure, but it has everything to do with the foundation. You see, Dr. Mike was telling me something. I think it's hilarious, but it's actually very true. J just before the service started, he said to me, do you know the word foolish in that parable in the Greek is the word moros, where we get our words moron from. I'm like, that's why I need to go to Numa College. Because I would preach this thing like this. If you don't do, hey, bruh. If you, don't, if you don't do the word of God, then you're a moron. And that's totally biblical. Hallelujah. <laughs> Two ways to build. Here's the thing that I really want to bring to our attention just to kickstart our thinking. I want to bring to our attention that we're not discovering life, we are choosing life. Life does not just happen to you and I. Character does not just happen to you and I. We get to choose it. Every single person right here today, you are building a life. Every decision you make builds a life. What you choose to believe builds a life. What you choose to do builds a life. What you choose to think builds a life. Every action that you and I take builds a life. We make choices, but then our choices make us. We make decisions, but then our decisions make us. They literally build a life. You're not discovering life. You are building life. You are not discovering who you are. You are building who you are. And Jesus says that the most important thing about how we build is about the foundation. See, back then in the Palestinian terrain, and even now, it's really easy to build on soft sand, isn't it? There's not much labor. You can kind of like dig quite readily, and in no time, and with very little effort, you've got yourself a foundation. But that's foolish, because then whatever structure you're going to build, whatever labor is going to come, the time will come when everything you put your hand to is going to be destroyed where it was so much harder to build on a rock. It's really, really hard. Can I just say this? That sometimes to do what the world says instead of what the Word says is actually much harder. 
So to do what the Word says when it comes to your finance is so much harder than to do what the world says you should do with your finance. When it comes to your sexuality, it's so much harder to do what the Word says than to do what the world says. But I want to tell you exactly like it says in the Greek, moron, what actually, I'm not talking to a person here, I'm talking about to the, to the paradigm, to the paradigm that is foolishness, that I think if, if it's the path of least resistance, that that's actually building a life. That is a life that is waiting to crash. The easy road is not necessarily the road that God has designed. The hard road sometimes is the right road, and right is right and always ends in blessing. Uh -huh. Sometimes it's so much better to do a little bit of resistance training and grow stronger than situations than rather than succumb to the easy road and become instead a person of character. We make our choices and our choices make us listen. Make no mistake about it. Every single person this very day is building a life. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. This very day, every single one of us is actually building a life. This is what I love about the book of Ezra. If you'd open up with me to the book of Ezra, chapter 7 and verse 10. Ezra 7, 10 says this. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach the statutes and ordinances in Israel. See, Ezra did this one thing. He made it his chief mission in life to seek the law of the Lord. He was seeking. You know, you know what he was saying? He was saying, what does God's word say about that? Everything in life, he was like, what does God's word say about that? He would face a situation. What does God's word say about that? He would, he, would, he would face a crisis. What does God's word say about that? He would face a feeling inside of himself. And he would, what does God's word say about that? He, he set his heart. He made it his chief endeavor. What does God's word say about that? And here's what he found out. He found out that the power of God's word could reform him so much, change him so much, that then he could become a reformer. That's why, that's why he, he would seek the will of the Lord, he would do it, but then he would teach it. Again, look, look, please let us highlight this. The Word of God has incredible power to shape us. Any person who wants to become faith-filled, any person who wants to become godly, any person who wants to become Christ-like, any person who wants to become victorious, the, 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 the whole antidote against sin and the strength comes from the Word of God because God's Word shapes us. God's Word has a way of getting in on the inside and changing our mind. Because we said earlier on, Jesus' estimate, they're not just words. It's not just a good preach. It's, it's not just informational. It's transformational. The Word of God lands and truth lays holds of us and changes our thinking. It changes our values. It changes our calibration to true north. God's Word has a way to shape us. 
That's why the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, he says to the Thessalonian church, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, because when you receive the word of God, you receive it as it is in truth, not the word of man, but the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. He said that the word of God has a way of succeeding to bring its intended end inside every mind. Every time you open up the word of God, every time I open up the word of God, there's a heavenly transaction taking place. The presence of the Holy Spirit is there to come upon every faculty inside your heart, your mind, your paradigm, and to change me, to change you inside out, to change our values and how we think, to give us domination from the perspective of God's reality. All of that happens when we sit with the Word. It changes us. The Word of God has a way to shape us. You know, sometimes we're like, God, I... I want to be a person after your own heart will get in the word. You see, David, David was a man after God's own heart. How was David a man after God's own heart? You study the life of David. He was word filled. You read Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. The entire thing is written by David because he is praising the word of God. Because he's realized what the word has done. Verse 77, I delight in your word. Verse 174, I delight to do your word. Verse 9, how does a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. He's word filled. And because he's word filled, he has a heart after God. If we want a heart after God for our nation, if we want a heart after God for, for, for everything that we encounter, if we want a heart after God, I've got to get it word filled that the word of Christ may dwell in me richly. Not scarcely, but richly. David was a man after God's own heart because he was word-filled. You see, with David, honestly, you see some interesting things. David, David was this tender, poetically tender, almost effeminate worshipper of God. Whenever he was in the presence of God, he was so soft. He was so tender to the needs of people around him. People would walk past a guy who nearly dead, an, an Egyptian, and they'd throw him out. He'd pick him up. He was so tender to the things of God. He would get into the presence of God, and, and he, he was so tender. He was so soft. Next minute, <laughs> David takes out his sword, chops off a hundred Philistine Willy Wonkers, and gives 100 foreskins to the king. And you go, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. What up with this guy? What, what, he was so hard. He was so hard. What? How's he, how, how, how's he so soft and so hard? You know why? Because he was hard in all the right places, soft in all the right places, because God's Word lived in his heart. He knew when to be angry and he knew when to be tender. He knew when to be a sensitive worshipper and when he knew when he to be a squashing warrior of the enemy. We want to be Christ-like word. There is no other way to do it. One of the writers says this, that when, 
we don't, we, we don't give the Holy Spirit any weapon in our life when we take out the word out of our life because it's the sort of a spirit. If we're going to be conformed to his image, we need the word. I want to tell us today that the word knows how to cleanse us. Is anybody struggling with anything or is it just me? Anybody struggling? Just me. Bunch of liars. <laughs> Here's what I realized in struggling with temptation. Just me. <laughs> in struggling with besetting stuff. In struggling to do a lot of things God's way. Here's what I realized. Sometimes when I try and I try and I try, I fail. But I realized that when I somehow, when I get into God's presence and sit with God's word, somehow, somehow, I am stronger than that which is meant to overcome me. And then I realized what Jesus meant in the book of John, chapter 15, and verse 3, when he said, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Because the word of God is a cleansing agent. I, I, I don't know how God does it. But, 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 but every time I get under the Word, every time I'm reading the Word or sit under the ministry of the Word, I feel a washing take place in my soul. That's what Jesus says that He will do to the bride, to the church in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26. It says that He will cleanse her by the washing of water, by the Word. Somehow the Word cleanses us inside out. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said to me, you know what, I, 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 I like God's word, but the problem is every time I read it, I, I don't think I understand anything. And I'm like, okay. He says, I don't think I get anything out of it. I'm like, okay. Anybody else feel like that sometimes? Oh my gosh. Can I have one honest person in this church? Tim from Thailand, you're, you're about the only honest We all feel like that sometimes, right? You read God's Word and it's like, I, I, I just don't get this. I'm, I'm just not totally getting this. But here's the thing. You get yourself a dirty strainer, right? And you try to fill it up with water. How much water is it going to contain even if you put 100 litres through it? Nothing. Nothing. It's going to go right through it. But how much cleaner will it be? That's right. You know, even if you don't think you're understanding too much, even if you don't think you're containing too much, I tell you the authority of the Word of God will just wash over you, will just wash you inside out. You'll find that you're a different human. You get up, I don't know, I don't know about you, sometimes I'll get up and I'm so heavy, so heavy. God didn't talk to me about anything that would fascinate me or excite me, but all of a sudden I've pulled off that spirit of heaviness that I get up with a garment of praise. I get up with a bit of a dance, a bit of a song. I don't know how it happened. But that's the power of the immaterial, invisible, real, powerful Word of God. Power to shape you and I. The Word of God has power to shape you and I. The Word of God not only has power to shape you and I, the Word of God is so powerful that it can change everything around us. Hmm. Let, let, let's put it this way. I feel like God, the Holy Spirit, doesn't want power to be a doctrine but a reality. Yeah. 
And here's what I'm finding about the power of God, that the power of God is embedded in the Word of God. You see, the immensity of the Word of God created all the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light, just a spoken word. And this entire universe flung into being. The immensity of the Word of God is actually what heals people. Do you know that? Psalm 107 and verse 20 says, you sent forth your word and you healed them. That's what a centurion said, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Because the word lands on the disease and the disease submits to the word. The word carries in it the supernatural work required to do God's work on earth. The word shapes things. If you check out every turnaround recorded in Scripture, you will find right behind it, there was the Word of God. From the days of the reform of Josiah till the days of the revival of Ezra and Nehemiah, till the days of the resurrection of the dry bones of Ezekiel, you'll find that God sent His Word and things revived. Things around it. That's why the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55 and verse 11, so shall my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that for which I have sent it. God's word prospers 100% of the times. God's word's not hit and miss. God's word is bullseye 100% of the time. Every single time. How did you and I, how did we come out from under chains of darkness? Somebody spoke the word. Every chain of darkness was broken. Deception was broken. That's why Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Do you know that truth is singular? This is black. This is black. It's not what you think of it. It's not green, it ain't blue, and it definitely ain't pink. It's black, baby, black. And if it's black, then it can only be black. Truth is singular. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, not a truth, the truth, and the life, because it's singular. The word truth in the Greek is the word reality. There is a reality that is according to God. Everything else is a deception. Everything else is a deception. That's why Jesus said, you can build your life on deception, the sand, or you can build it on the truth, the reality according to God. Everything that God says will come to pass. Let me give you an example. If you're sitting here and you're separated from Christ, you will have an opportunity at the end of his service to say yes to Jesus. When you say yes to Jesus, it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It does not matter how many sins you've made. It does not matter what your past looks like or even your future. What does matter is that you adhere to the Word of God and come to Him as Saviour. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. You see, the truth creates freedom in our life. Matter of fact, let's have a look at that in the book of John chapter 8 and verses 31 and 32. I want to pray with some people today, so I'm, I, I want to hurry along. 
Book of John, chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If we could just keep it up there for a moment. If you abide in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The freeing agent, the thing that makes me free. What does it mean to be free? It means that I live according to the original design of God. The original intent of God. Who knows that God did not create you to be dominated. God did not create you and I to be a slave. He who commits sin is a slave of sin. I am meant to be free. The freeing agent is the word of God. As I receive the word of God into my innermost being, as I receive it, it creates freedom in my life. Let me give you an example. There are people here who self-harm. And I'm not talking about cutting yourself only. I'm talking about your self-talk. You say things that are run true, that come from the enemy, that are lies about you, that are sent to destroy you. Things like, I'm not worthy. Things like, I am not loved. Things like, I could never be. These are not God's words over you. These are satanic lies and the enemy only comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But then the truth, the reality according to God, he says you are loved and you have been honoured. He who touches you touches the apple of my eye. Jesus says things that, 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 that begin to line us up to the truth. And as soon as I embrace that truth and confess that truth, I become free from the lies of Satan. And the truth sets me free. Let me land this. The effectiveness, not the truthfulness, the effectiveness of the Word of God in your life and my life is up to you. Not its truthfulness. The Word of God is always true. But how effective it is, is actually up to you and I. Can I tell you three things about how to make the Word of God effective in your life and my life? And we'll just leave it there for tonight. Number one thing, if the Word of God is going to be effective in your life and my life, is you've got to read it, baby. Read it. The Word of God is daily bread, not a cake for special occasions. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read. Read. Read the Word of God. Sit with the Word of God. Doesn't matter if you don't sit with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will give you understanding in all things. He's the counselor. He's the teacher. Read the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Digest the Word of God. Like Ezra said, it is true. I actually memorize verses every single week. I have been doing so since my teenage years. And I won't stop. Not until if I ever have amnesia, I'm not going to stop. I'll probably be babbling. I woke up yesterday. Thank God I wasn't sleeping next to my wife. I was sleeping somewhere else. That, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. That sounded wrong. What I mean by that is I woke up shouting a piece of Scripture. I don't know why. I just got up. I, I don't know. The first thing that happened that came out of my mouth was Scripture. But, but, we got to get the Word of God in us. Read it. Read it. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God every day. 
Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing. Listen, listen, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Matter of fact, can I just push this button just a little bit? In the book of Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, it says that as Peter spoke the word, the Holy Spirit fell on them. There is something about every time we are under the word. There is something about every time you open up the word that opens up new dimensions of encounter with the Holy Spirit. May. You open up the word of God and all of a sudden all of heaven opens up over you. Read it. Read it every day. It doesn't have to be two hours. It doesn't have to be four hours. It doesn't have to be even an hour. But read the Word of God every day. The Word of God is the sword of a spirit. The Word of God will invade your innermost being and change you inside out and give you power you know not of. Matter of fact, if I had time, I'd talk to you about, about um, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 that says that the worlds were created by the Word of God. The word worlds doesn't mean cosmos, planet, it's eon. It means the ages. It means that our future is framed. Our times are framed by the Word of God. Sit under the Word of God and God will give you prophetic insight as to what He's doing even in your life. Read it. Two, really simple, this one. Apply it. Apply it. Book of James chapter 1 and verse 21 tells us that basically we're deceived if we are hearers only and not doers of the word. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. No point in reading about forgiving somebody and still harboring a grudge. No point at all in reading about certain things and just not apply, come on, apply it. I don't have power to apply it, so Holy Spirit, give me power to apply it. God, give me power to apply it, but I'm, I have to be relentless in my war. My war is to conform my life to the Word of God. The Word of God is designed to create. The Word of God is designed to convict. The Word of God is designed to convert. And the Word of God is designed to conform my life and your life. Apply it. The final thing that I want to say to us, and maybe if the worship team can join me. Final thing that I want to say to us is confess it. Come on now. This is where I feel us Christians could do so much better. We could do so much better. Here's what the Lord says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 28 and 29. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. He who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Did you hear that? He who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Not just know my word, let him speak my word faithfully. How come, Lord? He says, what is the chaff compared to the wheat, says the Lord. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? What the Lord is saying is that the word goes out of your mouth like a fire. It consumes all the work of Satan. It's like a hammer. It pounds the kingdom of darkness. The word, I want to tell you something about the word of Christ. The word of Christ, whether it comes out of your mouth or God's mouth, it doesn't make a difference. It's still the word of Christ. It's still embedded in it, its own inherent power. Thank you for joining us for this message today. 
We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.